so a lot of times they feel like they have to pack this thing with so much dense information. I'm like, dude, you have 30 minutes and you have three of those to hook somebody and you still need to leave a little bit for Q&A. You still need to leave a little bit for engagement. So if you, you're not going to answer everybody's question about something highly technical in, in the, the span of a podcast or the span of a technical talk, the span of an explainer video, you always have to get them to that act. They need to take a step and learn more. And that's where then you get a next level of engagement. You have a more detailed conversation. You have a one-on-one -on -one with somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. Leave some space in your stuff. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. Here's the second part of my conversation with Brian Richardson. I have to ask you, do you ever help people figure out how to get a point across in the right way of speaking mm -hmm. or to be compelling in the way that they speak? Yeah, it, some of it is voice and some of it is, is language options, right? There's also a third element depending on audience, which is when to speak. So when we get into a lot of it is, is basically word choice. Um, so I don't really try to change people's voice too much. Like if you look at me when I'm a panel moderator, interviewer, or this kind of case, I don't have like a wildly different personality unless I'm doing like an imitation of something. But, you know, and you know this from doing voiceovers, right? Your voiceover voice is different depending on the situation from other voiceover voices and from your conversational voice. But it's like, still me. It's still like you. Yeah. The idea is that it's supposed to be as natural as possible, mm -hmm. still being me getting, you know, caring about that thing that I'm talking about. Right. And yeah, it's, it's the, the caring and the putting yourself in that situation that gets your voice to where it needs to be. You're not actually forcing your voice into something. Exactly. So... Yeah, I imagine it's probably pretty similar to what you're telling yeah. people. <laughs> if I tell people to polish too much, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm like, oh yeah, your 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 word choices are sloppy, you um too much. I'll try to coach people out of that. But the thing that you have to get, you have to keep the authenticity. But maybe it's a vocal speed thing. Maybe you talk too quickly when you're very excited about your technology. Okay, back that off a bit. But use the same words, have the same energy. Just have a little bit of focus. Um, Sometimes there are things you say in-house versus in front of a, a customer. Um, the way you talk about security, you, you have to be precise in a lot of things you do in technology because you're trying to apply to a very particular thing. So when I talk about you know the difference between a nanometer and an angstrom in my industry is crucial. And I can't, in, in some cases, I can say that things are more or less something, more secure, less secure. I can't always give like a 23% property, right? So you have to you pick your choices, um, pick your choices. That sounds silly, but like you make your choices based on, on your audience. Um, the thing that I'll do in a lot of times when I, when I do like voice work or, you know, moderator kind of stuff, it's the same thing with you, right? It has to be your voice. Yeah. Um, so it's a speed thing, but it's also like my, my on air personality is basically NPR me. We've taken some of the more um, colorful word choices out. There's less air coming through my noise. It's a lot of the diaphragm. Like, you know, the, this is not involved. It's it's more bass than treble. But that's mm -hmm. just 
less yeah. nose voice. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Okay. I'm not kind of talking out of this. <laughs> but that's just something I developed having done like you know some voiceover work, some you know voice of God kind of work, announcing mm-hmm. at events um, where that has a little bit more presence to it. But when you get into situations where it's like multiple speakers or you're trying to hand off to a customer, it's you and your customer, you and your technical partner. It's me and a, I do a lot of panels at DragonCon now. I've moved out. I moved out of the basement uh, and I'm on stage with guests, you know, like celebrity, like legit celebrity guests. And my job is transmission medium. I'm there as a moderator to get them connected to the audience, much in the way a presenter is trying to connect somebody to a product or somebody to an idea. And when I talk has to be very specific and why I talk has to be specific. So uh, what I'll do is it's, you know, as a moderator, you find you have like, you're already trying to get to the next transition. You know, the guest is running a little long. You want to get them to the next question. Mm -hmm. And when do I head that horse off at the pass? And then how do I if I've got five different joke options loaded as the way to transition, which one do I pick? Or do I chuck them all out of the bin because they changed their flow at the last minute and we went less humorous and more serious? So it's the same thing from that presenter standpoint. If they're if they are up there to set up someone else or set up a solution or set up a transition from A to B, you know, get to that transition in the most logical way and then lay off. Let let the solution speak for itself. Let the guests do most of the talking. And so a lot of times they feel like they have to pack this thing with so much dense information. I'm like, dude, you have 30 minutes and you have three of those to hook somebody and you still need to leave a little bit for Q&A. You still need to leave a little bit for engagement. So if you, you're not going to answer everybody's question about something highly technical in, in the, the span of a podcast or the span of a technical talk, the span of an explainer video, you always have to get them to that act. They need to take a step and learn more. And that's where then you get a next level of engagement. You have a more detailed conversation. You have a one-on-one with somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. Leave some space in your stuff. Yeah. yeah. I know it takes some effort to write a review, and I know how busy and, let's face it, kind of stressful our lives are right now, so it means a lot that you take the time to let me know how you feel about the podcast. Bruce at Mindfulness Mode writes, This is a gift to any business. This podcast gives a whole new perspective to branding and every business owner needs to hear it. Jody has a terrific voice and presence as an interviewer, and she draws out the best from her guests. There are powerful lessons you need to hear right now to pump new life into your business. Thank you so much for your thoughtful words, Bruce. I really appreciate it. And now back to the show. There's something to be said for silence, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, in public speaking, at least. Um, when it comes to your guests, though, that you're interviewing for DragonCon TV, mm-hmm. I'm curious about a couple of things. And one of them is how do you make them more comfortable? Yeah, that is tough because so I've got I have two different formats I work with with DragonCon TV um, and they're both now live. I used to do a lot of on camera interviews, like five or six minute segments for literally for DVDs. Like I used to make burn DVDs and sell them as part of the convention. Uh, We don't do that anymore. But like a lot of like YouTube stuff, two, three minutes, uh, teaser interview segment, you know, like news segment kind of stuff. And then I'm doing on stage interviews, either a segment as part of our morning show, which we call the late show, because if you're up at 9 a.m. at DragonCon, 
you stayed up late from the night before. I'm the only idiot who gets up that early. Uh, plus my co-host and my guests. Um, or I'm on stage with a, a panel type scenario for a full hour. So it's me and Marina Baccarin. It's me and the bridge crew of Strange New Worlds. It's me and, you know, fill in the blank. And actors are not always outgoing people. Some actors are actually introverts and they st- they, you know, some of those folks really love the panel environment. They feed off of it mm-hmm. and then they will go back in their little cocoon at the end of the hour. Yeah. And it takes a moment to bring them out. So part of that is I, I rarely dive straight into questions with the audience because it's a little intimidating if they haven't done a con before. Because if they're a famous guest like the Gina Torres came to Dragon Con, she was one of the first people I did a live stage panel with in 2018. And she kind of peeked out from behind the curtain was like, um, that room's full. And I'm like, yeah, that's 2,200 people. Like, they're here to see me. I'm like, you were in Firefly. <laughs> like, what? You're Jessica Pearson. Like, of course people are here to see you. Um, and so what I'll typically do is, one, I warm up the audience a little bit. I give them the spiel on how this should run. I have a format, you know, one question, no multi-part questions. It's a Q&A, not a CNA. We're not doing comments. You don't have to tell them you love them because you stood in the line and the humidity and the occasional thunderstorms at DragonCon in September. We all know this. Are you ready to go? Yay, big cheer. That builds the room energy up a little bit. Uh, I normally write an intro for the guests. Uh, so they've got something to come out on stage. They are actors after all. There's a little bit of like, okay, yeah, I have my I have my moment. Like Wallace yeah. Day, who was um, in uh, second season of uh, Batwoman. I gave her an option. I'm like, do you want to come up side stage or you want to come backstage? She's like, I am an actor. I want an entrance. And I'm like, there we go. So you're coming up the big ramp off the back of the okay, stage. Then. Like, we're doing yeah. this. <laughs> um, and then there's always a warm-up kind of uh, backstage, I normally have very little interaction with these guests before the panel. Like we're going through agents and and that sort of thing. I sometimes will get a meet a guest one minute before they go up. So, and I sometimes I get to work with the same guest over and over, like Crew of the uh-huh. Expanse, Strange New Worlds. I've gotten to work with them multiple times, which is great because there's a little bit of a rapport. They don't remember it all year round, but they come back and go, oh yeah, it's you. We did our first panel together like three years ago. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, thanks for coming back. Uh-huh. And then it's the anything you want to talk about, like you absolutely have to do it. Of course, we're plugging your podcast. Sure, let's do that because everybody has a podcast now. Uh, he says on your podcast. Um, is there anything we shouldn't talk about? Should I deflect from the audience? And that's your oh, that's safety zone, question. right? Yeah. Now you understand that I'm not just going to feed you to the wolves because fandom is great, but fandom is also sometimes fandom. You've been on the internet. We know what we're talking about. So <laughs> it's a, can I, do I coach the people in the audience with the microphones to like stay away from this stuff? Cause they'll screen questions. Um, can I because that gives me the option of I can be the jerk like I will be the a-hole so they don't have to be right. So as part of the conduit to the audience, I can be a valve. I can cut them off. I can redirect. I can go. We're not talking about that. And who like, has get, the power to the away. microphone? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm setting up kind of a space for them so that they get to be as authentic as they want to be. But we're sure. not going to talk about someone's divorce on stage. We're not going to talk about someone's court case. Right. We're not yeah. we're not going there. We're not. This isn't TMZ. So in those cases, now I've got I try to build up as quick a rapport as I can with these people who I am now responsible for for the, the like the next hour on stage. It's not like we're live broadcasting to the world or anything, except we totally are. Um, and then. 
I give, I try to find an icebreaker moment. So between getting everybody seated and everybody lining up for questions, I'll give them a chance to talk about something. And in some cases I have that prepped and in some cases I have to cue it based on what they gave me. So, um, like last time I talked to Anson Mount, which is the thing I just say now in conversation. Yeah. Last time I talked to Captain Pike. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, he had just seen the movie RRR, the big Indian Bollywood three hour action, throw lions at British people, you know, adventure. And they literally throw a line at a British person. He probably totally deserved it. Wow. And in that case, like it's so we were talking backstage and you saw this cool movie and then he gets to gush about it and that opens him up a little bit. Then the cast gets to talk back and forth and then we go into things. Um. And then I've got cues I can give on like, hey, we're running out of time or this is the last question. And I'm the person who always says it's the last question. I don't leave that to the guest because now I'm the jerk who cut them off from their famous person. They didn't do it. This idiot in a colorful shirt said, I'm sorry, we have to go. So I'm I'm essentially a, a buffer, a valve between those two sides. And in some cases, when I'm doing technical work, I'm the same thing. Um, I sometimes have to be in the middle of a sales process. And so I'm the bridge between the salesperson and the customer because I'm the technical expert. They're the account lead. Right. So I can kind of put myself in that position and I don't have to lead the conversation, but I have these nice handoff points of, okay, we've done the demo. You got any more questions? Now it's time we can hand off to the next part of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on in there to unpack. Oh, yeah. I'm curious, actually, though, who is the most famous person that you've ever interviewed? Oh, boy. Um, technically didn't interview George Takei or William Shatner. I just introduced them on stage. Okay. Um, they've done they've done science fiction conventions since we invented them yeah. because Star Trek is kind of the reason we have them. So yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to, like, do anything there. No I just, intro I, needed. Really. I am literally yeah. the person getting them off and on the stage. OK, yeah. flip that. Um, um, wow. Um, it's going to be I your level of fame, right? Um, I think Gina Torres is up there. Sure. Um, Marina Baccarin is up there. Mm -hmm. um, the, some of them, like when I started interviewing, they weren't as famous, but like Anson Mount is kind of now more of a household name um, yeah. because of Strange New Worlds. So is um, the hair as nice in real life? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> okay. he doesn't he doesn't carry around what we now call Pike's Peak um, okay. the whole year. But oh my the, God, the, the, that's it's good. all okay. his. It is yeah. all his. And so wow. he has a similar style during the year. And then I don't know if you saw the there's an episode that um, oh, when he plays the, the kingdom, he plays the yeah. fop. Yeah. And that's still all his hair. Like they just did this. And I try I tried so hard to convince them. Like I went I, I've like had a back channel to their agent. I'm like, hey, just just talk to the agent and ask, do they have those costumes? <laughs> Because that if would they be so funny, they couldn't get them right. They were oh. like rentals or something, and the, they they weren't like the studio. The studio doesn't actually do at DragonCon. The studio doesn't do their panel setups, right? They're mm -hmm. rep through their own agents. Uh, something like sure. Comic Con, it's different. The studio is more involved. This is more one on one with the guest versus promoting the show. If that makes any logical yeah, sense, yeah, it does. Yeah. So I don't have access to Paramount. I have access to you know Ethan Peck's conf. You know con person um but yeah i think the people that are in kind of the star trek area i mean i've, I've interviewed walter canning not on stage i've done a couple yeah. sit-down interviews with him Delightful anyone man. from the marvel marvel universe um yeah uh, benedict wong 
Okay. Which oh, was my, my legit first panel. Like the, the year they moved me from just doing the video stuff to being the on-camera talent. Yeah. Like the, you know, the on the stage. Sure. Benedict Wong was a 10 a.m. Friday panel. He had gotten Wong, but they Endgame hadn't come out yet. This is 2018, right? So they, I don't think they were all the way through like the Endgame scenario. He didn't have the Disney series. Um, he wasn't on She-Hulk yet. He wasn't part of Shang-Chi wasn't done yet. And so it was it was because of his schedule, he wasn't there multiple days. So I had like one of his smaller panels and it wasn't recorded, unfortunately. It's an amazing oh, no. interview because he like there. it was weird because and he's one of those where I got I got him like he was a minute late because his it, it was a transportation problem. Yeah. Um, and so his handler is rushing to get him. So they bring him in through the front door, not the backstage, because the backstage in the hotel I was at is like a labyrinth. It was impossible to find. Sure. So, you know, I'm like, we're just going to wait a minute. And he like bursts through the door and he's like, ignore me. Like, I, I'm not here yet. And then he sneaks <laughs> behind the table and I introduce him and he comes back up and it's, oh, he's, that was he's good. funny as hell. Like, yeah, he's such a, a kind of open and funny person. And I knew that there were things around like racism and casting mm. and problems he had working with the industry and and a bunch of things where I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to address these because, yes, I am the person to talk about racism and colorism yeah, and casting, yeah. right? So well, like, it's hard for both. me sometimes to yeah. broach those subjects. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I have a place to be. That probably isn't it. Mm. And but he was with almost no prep time you know i didn't have a chance to like hey is there anything i gotta buffer you from he's like no i'll take everything and then like the first question out the gate is about you know why don't you do these kind of roles anymore and he's he's oh. self-rep he doesn't have an agent anymore because his agent kept giving him like these hong kong gangster jobs and he's like oh. I'm, not, I'm not doing this anymore yeah and so he went self-repped he got himself the role as wong he started the writing campaign and the twitter campaign through mm -hmm. a friend of his for, for hashtag wong for wong <laughs> Um, which is just perfect, <laughs> right? Brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, so that like at the time he was known, like he was doing like he was playing, um, uh, like he was in uh, a Netflix series as as Kubla Khan, um, yeah, the Kubler gang. Guess I can't remember now. Um, but you know, he he had good roles and he was known. But the, now, like the End Game, like the Avengers stuff, just shot him up. So mm -hmm. he's one of those. Like I haven't had a chance to work with him again. But he's one of those that like you kind of caught him at this interesting point as he's moving up in his career. Yeah, um, I'd love to see an interview with him. You know, now oh, like so, that would be yeah, <laughs> it would be really interesting. Yeah, and yeah, the problem is once you hit the, those levels with guests, sometimes it's hard to get him back because yes. he gets schedules and contracts and things. Of course. Um, but yeah, it and the thing is, a lot of these folks, when they do their first con, they come out like the the crew from the Expanse. I did one of their first, like the first con they came to was Dragon Con. I did their first panel, mm -hmm. and they were late, and they come into this full room, has been waiting on them because the van got stuck on Peachtree Street. Oh no! And that they, they do this whole panel, and they backstage are like, "Is it always like this?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's always like this. This is bananas. Like, <laughs> like how do we do more of this?" I'm like, "You just keep coming back," and they were like. We got to walk over to this hotel. Can we just go through the hallway? Like, can we just walk among the people? And I'm sitting there looking at their their handler, and their handler's behind me. Like, I, like <laughs> maybe that's the, not such a good idea. <laughs> their security detail is like, I don't know if we're, I'm like, I'm like, well, if if your handler lets you, here's the mm -hmm. way you would get there, and here's what you would see, and here's what you want to do. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the it's just a you know, famous at DragonCon is relative, right? Sure. Like. 
you know, we're we're going gaga over the Firefly crew, and like people are like, yeah, she was that woman of the lawyer show on USA, right? I'm like, and yeah, like, got a different yeah. sphere, different yeah. sphere of operation. Do you want to sound your absolute best when you're being interviewed on a podcast or when you're hosting your own show? I have a podcast episode and free downloadable worksheet called Sounding Your Best as a Podcast Guest off of the audiobrandingpodcast.com main page. Just click on the little square graphic to the left of the player displaying my podcast trailer. It gives you some comprehensive suggestions for where to start or for improving the sound you already have, including the type of microphones to consider and why, ideas for soundproofing your recording environment, and suggestions on how to get the best sound when you're being remotely recorded on services like Riverside FM or Squadcast. Don't let bad audio quality hold you back from being the best podcast guest or host you can be. And of course, if you happen to need voiceover for your intro and outro, feel free to get in touch. I'm happy to help. And now, back to the podcast. Uh, well, you know, I'm sure that we could probably talk about Dragon Con and all of the famous people that you have spoken to yeah. for a very long time. And I would love to hear that. But unfortunately, <laughs> we are out of time. Yeah, you're a, you're a good moderator, by the way. You're, yeah. you're, you're setting. It's not my fault. It's hers. She did it. I'm sorry, it's audience. My fault. I'm I wanted all, to keep I'm talking, sorry. but. But thank you so much. This has been a really, really great conversation. And yeah. I just want to give you a moment to talk about what you're working on now and how people can get in touch with you if they want to. Yeah. So the the personal side of my social media is at Silicon Chef. Um, I'm on Twitter until we, you know, atom bomb ride that thing into the ground, like at the end of Dr. Strangelove. Um, you can also find me on Facebook and, and Instagram. And uh, I occasionally put photos up on Flickr. I haven't updated that in a while. Also, Silicon Chef on uh, YouTube, uh, and most of what I'm doing on YouTube right now is uh, home improvement. Um, one of okay. my far too many hobbies is is farm maintenance. Uh, when my wife and I moved to Oregon, we bought a few more horses, bought a bigger farm, and so I have this uh, ongoing series uh, called Nerdsteading. Where over, during the pandemic, I started, you know, since I had nowhere to go, um, started working on this like 40 year old barn that is on my property and redoing the workshop and documenting some of the projects I'm doing from a moderately skilled home improvement standpoint. Um, I'm not going to be doing dovetail joints in a clean workshop on PBS anytime soon, but <laughs> I will, you will see me being sad about roof leaks and doing a full demolition on a workshop and eventually releasing a video where I built a chicken coop that looks like a TARDIS. Oh, well, it's well the, that'd uh, be cool for it's the, the police box, 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 police box. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate you taking the time today. This has been a lot yeah. of fun. <laughs> it's good talking to you again in, in 2D this time. We'll do 3D yes, later. Two, yes. I look forward to that. <laughs> All right. Have fun. You too. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time. <laughs>